episode 88 here of the Cherokee Rewind. We thank you for tuning in. I am Mick. Of course, you know that. Uh, my guest this time around, this is a guy who uh, I got to know back in the early 2000s. Seems like a doesn't seem that long ago. And then you look back and realize, oh, my gosh, <laughs> it is a long time ago. But this guy has had quite a journey. Uh, I, I still remember him as a goal as a goaltender and we all know how i feel about goalies and he 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 tends to prove it very much goalies anyway uh a a really good guy though truthfully speaking i remember him and i remember him and his father both they were both really really good people and even back then you know when you expect a, a junior kid to be exactly that and he wasn't he just like i said just a really standout guy good guy and it, it, it just him and his dad i always got always talked to before or after every game and just uh shot the poop and we always had a great great time back then and i hadn't talked to him since then so this is a treat for me too uh finding out what's going on with him. his name's ryan wysocki and we always call him socks so if you hear me refer to that's what i that's just the way i did it but anyway socks good to see you bud and talk to you uh how you doing I'm doing great, Mick. Uh, you know, appreciate you having me on here, and it's it's been a long time, uh, long time coming here. But you know, getting a chance to to catch up with uh, with your face and uh, you know with the organization a little bit. Uh, obviously, just a kid when I got there, so I, I'd like to think uh, I've changed a little bit and grown. But at the same time, hopefully, uh, kept the good traits going. So um, there's a lot of good people in Toledo, and uh, it definitely you know helped shape me and and. It, continues to help shape a lot of kids coming in yeah, kind of figuring their lives out figuring hockey out yep that's what it's about so let's get started here talking about you and uh uh did you uh did you come out of the out of the womb ready to lace them up or how old were you when you decided oh, i might give this hockey thing a try yeah I, I don't know if i have much of a uh much of a choice on my own I, hockey was kind of in the blood uh Dad and stepdad both played and, and grew up and they loved the game. And uh, man, I, I want to say I started organized hockey maybe as a second year mini mite. So just a little tyke at the time and um, became a full time goaltender by my first year of squirts. So that's what, eight, maybe something like that, okay. just offhand. So um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was in my blood. I had no choice. And, and luckily I, uh, I fell for it to as much, if not more, than those guys. So followed right in their footsteps. Very good. Now, uh, uh, who? I mean, who did you grow up as far as favorite players go? Uh, favorite teams, that kind of stuff. Oh man, I, uh, I I think I can share this with a lot of the uh, Cherokee family, but definitely a Red Wings guy, no doubt about it. Um, I would say my my player growing up was for sure Steve Eiserman. And just about anybody that wasn't a uh, an Avalanche member, but uh, <laughs> that's a story for another time. Uh, in terms of goaltender, I know as a kid I was a huge Martin Brodeur fan. I had Brodeur memorabilia and jerseys and plaques all littered across our, our downstairs uh, like basement playroom, and um, he was he was my guy growing up, no doubt about it. Well, I know you're now a resident of the Queen City, uh, but 
where did you where did you grow up originally yeah so um it's been a busy little uh little year here for me so i'm not in the queen city anymore but we'll we'll get to that so um i grew up in grand rapids michigan oh okay that's where i'm back to right now um grew up here uh played four years of high school at my local high school I uh, found my way to Toledo for two years and was fortunate enough that that led me to uh, uh, Fitchburg State University in Massachusetts. I played four years of uh, NCAA D3 out there. Okay. Um, that, after graduating, led to a job and, and uh, again, fortunate enough to stay in hockey and uh, went the professional hockey route. So I, I've been with, uh, I was with the Carolina Hurricanes uh, organization the last four years. Okay. My contract is now up, but that's why I was living in Charlotte for three years and mm -hmm. Chicago last year when their affiliation changed. So I was with the Chicago Wolves last season. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, we'll talk about all that here as we go, but let's, um, let's backtrack here for a second. Um, do you remember like some of the, uh, like when you were a little guy, some coming up through the ranks, uh, some of the guys, some of the teams you played for and who were some of the coaches you played for? Hmm. All right. So as a little guy, uh, I grew up actually in a Kentwood, uh, like youth hockey program. Um, when I was coming up, Kentwood had a pretty close to elite, if not elite, uh, high school program. They were really the only, uh, Michigan high school program from the West side of the state that could compete with Detroit Catholic central and Novi and, uh, all those big, big time schools. So, Kentwood was kind of the place to be. Had a lot of family friends at the time. Uh, and then I want to say it was, oh man, you're testing me here, Mick. Um, maybe right around 14 years old that uh, I broke off, played for the, the uh, it was Graha at the time. Um, it was like the, uh, the miniature Grand Rapids Griffins team. Uh, I'm not even sure if it still exists as a youth program, but uh, we uh, we were there for a couple of years and then played for Granville High School. Okay. So, um, but who are some of the, do you remember any of the coaches that you played for? Sure. Um, somebody who had a huge effect on me, not just as a player, but uh, as a person was, was Mike Bensky. Uh He was with Granville High School for a couple of years. Uh, most recently, I think he was with Grand Rapids Catholic Central, okay. uh, either as a head coach or an assistant coach, but he was fantastic. Really just um, really a person development kind of coach rather than, you know, X's and O's guys. And I mean, if, if that's the kind of guy you're going to find in high school, that's about perfect for you, you know, so um, not every youth athlete has had that experience. And, and I was fortunate enough to to deal with Mike and, and my friend Mike and, and our families, uh, you know, I've been pretty close since. Okay. Now, um, do you remember anything about when you first, when you first started playing goalie, uh, full time, uh, did, uh, was it a rough adjustment? Do you remember if it was, uh, or was it just exciting and fun and you couldn't wait to, you know, because it was you that was stopping that puck. <laughs> I'm already smiling during your question here. I've got, uh, that, that was exactly my reaction to it. That, that second, uh, part of what you're saying, I said it was squirt a, so first year squirts, 
Uh, the coach was Tim Sullivan at the time. He said, hey, you know, we need a full-time goalie. I know you liked playing in, in that a couple of times last year. Um, we'll still, you know, let you play out a couple tournaments, but, you know, we want a goalie. And I said, you know, 100%, yes, absolutely. And gung-ho, I said, I'm going to play. That's that's me. I said, Dad, can we go get pads? Can we go get a stick? Can we get a, a helmet? You know, and he's like, uh-oh, <laughs> here we go, right? Like, this is – here here it goes. This is going to be an issue moving forward. And, break, uh, break out the wallet. Yeah, I mean ne- – yeah, exactly. Never looked back. Get the get the credit card out. Leave it on file from the <laughs> from that day forward. So, yeah. Oh my gosh, that's funny. So, uh, do you remember uh, the like? Do you remember what did uh, you take to it pretty quickly, or did you have to work at it pretty pretty good? Uh, mixture of both. I mean, I think naturally it, it came to me pretty easily. But then I think acquiring skills and learning the position to become better, it definitely like you can't just do that by guesswork. So, um, yeah, I mean, initially, yeah, I just got in the way of the puck. And I guess, you know, you kind of try to be an athlete, right? Um, you know, you play enough mini six downstairs with, uh, you know, with the, the brother or, or friends that it's like, all right, I'll, I'll be goalie and you'll, you'll learn how to stop it and get in the way. But uh, like I said, in terms of building a skill set and, and learning the game, yeah, it takes a little bit of time. And realizing that a puck, uh, when it's fired at you, hurts a lot. Uh, it has a lot more impact than that ball you did with mini sticks. Right, right. You, you learn to add uh, protective wear after every terrible bruise and, uh, you know, piece of equipment missed. Now, let me ask you, uh, when you played mini sticks with your brother and stuff, uh, you ever uh, drop the mitts with them and go at it? I think that's how every single session of mini sticks ended in this house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yep. I, I'm, uh, not, was... I'm not saying you're unique to, to that because uh, you're not. <laughs> not even close. No, no. Oh. I think that's uh, that's that's part of it, right? That's uh, you learn to toughen up real quick. You know, it's uh, good old sibling love and uh, and banter right there. I said it was somebody would throw too hard of a check into the wall that has no give, and next thing you know, the parents are slamming the brooms against the floor. Hey, hey, you know. So it was <laughs> it was a blast. Have to come run down and get us, or or one of us would come storming upstairs throwing stuff. <laughs> that is awesome. I love that. Uh, but uh, now, um, when you started, uh, how, how old were you when you played uh, uh, travel? Oh, a more elite level, probably, probably 12 already, you know. Now, I mean, played a few years of like house level, learn the game, and then it became kind of a, um, you know, pretty competitive level at that point, I'd say. Okay. Now, where, uh, what was it like as far as for you, you know, your first chance to hit the road and realize that, wow, this is pretty cool, man. We get to go to different towns. And uh, of course, the downside of that being that you also had to learn to adjust sometimes having to do homework on the road, uh, getting in late Uh from road trips. What was all that like, if you remember? Yeah, I mean, um, I think every every kid takes it for granted, and it sounds pretty cliche, but uh, you know, at some point you got to self reflect and just thank mom, dad. You know, in my case, mom, dad, and stepdad for 
from our neck of the woods here in West Michigan, if you want to go somewhere with hockey, you're going to end up playing on the east side of the state a lot. Um, obviously, with the, with all the travel programs and, and elite programs that are in the greater Detroit area. So uh, you, you take for granted all those trips. It's pretty much every weekend, you know, and, and you've got weekday trips, in my case, out to Lansing or um, Flint, Port Huron, you know, and on the weekends, it's Detroit. Ohio, you know, Indiana, Chicago, maybe even Canada, if you're fortunate enough for a few, you know, tournaments. So um, you don't necessarily appreciate it at the time you do, you know, but um, you realize it after the fact, like the sacrifices that they made. And um, it, it, it was really cool at the time. And, and it's kind of cool that you didn't appreciate it enough because you were almost more in the moment at the time, which is, as exciting as a kid, you're just playing hockey. You know, you show up and it may be a rink you've been to a year ago and you're like, oh, look at this, this changed. Or better yet, it's a place you've never been and you walk in for the first time and you're like, holy smokes, this place is awesome. But then by the time you get your equipment on in some podunk, you know, smelly locker room, you get your equipment on and that's just another day playing hockey, which is the best part of it, right? That's why we all love it. So That's true. Of course, and you don't you appreciate it then, but you also appreciate it probably about as equally as when they would uh, get you in the, in the car afterwards and run you through the drive-through at McDonald's and get you get you a meal. Yeah, you know, they were about on par back then, but now they, right, they, right, you know, it doesn't change until you until later. But uh, right, and then and then you get your food in you and you finally fall asleep and they they're checking every two seconds until you're asleep so that they complain about the game. It's, that's the, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. part of being a parent, right? It's, yeah. You're just waiting to complain about the refs, the coach, the teammates, the, <laughs> the other parents, whatever. The other parents. Exactly. Yeah. The fight in the stands. You're right. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, that's what I love about amateur hockey. Anyway. Um, so good. Yes. So now, um, you know, you said you then went to made the jump to high school. Um, Talk mm-hmm. about what that was like as far as uh, playing th- those four years. Sure. Um, you know, high school hockey was definitely uh, definitely still booming in my area at the time. I, I think there was a little bit of a um, almost a switch over from, like I said, East Kentwood High School was kind of the, the place to be and the, the, the school to look at at the time. Um, when I got there, I, I think the – the skill level around the area had increased. So there were four or five, you know, pretty good power schools at the time. And it felt like we were always chasing them. Uh, when I made the jump as a freshman, I, I did make the team as a freshman goalie. And man, I look back at those pictures. I have no idea what that coach was thinking at the time. <laughs> I was, I was this little five foot three and a half inch goaltender at the time. Uh, we had, um, Oh, what was it? It was Tim Muldoon was a defenseman, senior defenseman. He was six foot eight. Oh my God. Six foot eight. He was our football team's uh, tight end. Sorry, my dog's going to start barking. That's all right. No worries. Um, but uh, he was, he was our, our tight end that year. So I, imagine that on skates, right? You've got Zidane Chara shooting on you and you're barely a, a, a look over the, uh, the crossbar. So it was <laughs> pretty funny i'm just this little guy out there and i looked every bit of a little guy so um i guess you learn quick at that point <laughs> yeah learn or die trying 
Right. Everybody was so big. I, I remember that year of going, man, you know, the, the hockey's about the same, but everybody can shoot it. Everybody's huge. I can't see around them. You know, the screens are so much harder. Yep. But, and uh, so, I mean, tell me, tell me about that. Like, do you remember your first year? Did you get to play much or did, did you start? Um, I did not start. I remember my first game, I got scored on, I think it was about 25 seconds after I came in for the third period uh, to play the rest of the game. It was at East Kentwood against East Kentwood. And uh, it was the, the kid that uh, was in the runnings for Mr. Hockey in the state of Michigan on a breakaway from the far blue line. So oh, I didn't have much of a chance. I guess not. <laughs> but uh, it was pretty funny. Uh you know, the second he got the puck, I'm going, oh, come on. Come on here. <laughs> you know, can't, can't we start off with, like, maybe a dump in, you know, dump a long change. shot from the blue line when he's changing? Exactly. So, I used to puck, no, that was pretty it. funny. <laughs> right, right. Help me out here. Yeah, I'm just a child. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, you know, so you had uh, – uh, I take it the team had some had some struggles that first year you played? Uh, yes and no. I, I would say I had some struggles adjusting just because everybody was so much bigger and I didn't play a lot, which, you know, that was the first time that that had occurred in my, um, you know, youth hockey career, not playing a lot, but, uh, the, the team itself was actually really skilled that year. And the, uh, the senior goaltender was pretty darn good at the time too. So, um, I think the team did pretty well. Uh, and then there was, Oh man, there was a big turnover after uh, after that first season, just from guys graduating and um, you know, kind of a scramble for for players coming in and kind of everything changed from there on out. But okay, well, let's talk about that. You go on, you play, uh, you know, as as you went on in your high school career. Uh, when did you finally assume the mantle? Uh, I, I split uh, split time with. Uh, with a co-goalie and friend sophomore year, and then really kind of took over, uh, you know, junior and senior year, which is funny looking back because that's almost exactly how things worked in college for me too. Um, so it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was, I'd say really took over junior year. How were those teams? <clears throat> uh, pretty good. We had a really good, uh, senior year actually. Um, Playoffs? Yes. Uh, lost in regionals. Sore subject. <laughs> Still is. One of, the, one of those teams you shouldn't have lost to, and it's just how it worked. You were, we were kind of, uh, you know, shame on us, but looking forward to that, that next team almost, looking past the, uh, the underdog in the regional finals and, and, you know, sort of preparing already for that big trip to Marquette to play the the powerhouse team that they had that my senior year. Wow. Now, um, isn't that how it always works? <laughs> yeah, true. <clears throat> now, was there, do, <clears throat> excuse me, was uh, there uh, any opportunity or was there any interest in you maybe uh, leaving high school to go play somewhere else for travel, whether it be, you know, midget? Uh, it's a good question. I, I think, 
at the time, I guess I just didn't really see it as an option, right? I, I didn't really see even junior hockey as an option until really the tail end of my senior year in high school. I, I mean, um, knowing what we know now in youth hockey and, and almost mid-youth, right? Like that high school midget age for players, you know, four years of high school can be a lot sometimes and almost um, almost hold you back, right, mm-hmm. uh, from the next level. But from an education standpoint and being in school and being at home, it wasn't really an option for me. Never really put much thought towards it even. Um, finally, like I said, the latter half of my senior year is when the goaltending coach at the time, Joe Messina, who still kind of uh, kind of runs the greater West Michigan area in terms of goaltending coaching and consulting, you know, he kind of said, Hey, you know, you're, you're pretty good. You know, you, should, you, you could take a run at this if you want. Um, so it was, I guess, almost an eye opening, you know, conversation. Cause like I said, I never really thought about it. Right. So um, it was kind of cool, right. Going like, Oh, okay. Um, you know, how does that work? Right. It familiarized me cause I know nothing. Well, so now did you um, have any goaltend coaching specific? You know, specific goaltending, goaltend coaching, goaltender coaching like while go- you were growing yes. up. Yes. Yeah, I, I'd say most of uh, most of my time in high school was all with Joe Messina or or uh, Joe Messina and Stan Twiff. That's Bandits goaltending. Uh, Stan's basically the the east side of the state or or uh, Detroit area, but. Um, yeah, I spent a lot of time with Joe one-on-ones uh, once once I kind of realized I had a shot or, or once I wanted to kind of, you know, elevate my game at, you know, those those two senior years. Um, so a lot of one-on-ones with him, and then he actually signed on with Granville as well to come to a couple of practices a week. Um, and then, you know, as far as I know now, he does that with just about every team in, in West Michigan. Uh, bounces around, you know, rink to rink, and and kind of helps out for practices, and tries to watch watch games, and give you a couple notes here and there. But yeah, it, it's um, it's a pretty impossible position to to get by without uh, you know goaltender specific coaching at at an elite level at least. Okay, so uh, you uh, as far as uh, how far did you get in the playoffs for? I mean, we talked about you know your senior. Year. How about your junior? Year? Uh, did, what was the farthest you got? It, well, I guess I should ask for any of the four years. What was the farthest you got in the playoffs? Oh, you're hitting me with the big stuff now. Throw the dagger in and twist it. Uh, yeah, I think that was it. I, I want to say that we, we never actually got past our regionals, okay. which is incredible because uh, since then, Granville's you know, put themselves on the map and, and they've been in the state finals pretty – or not the finals, but the state tournament pretty much every year. So, um, yeah, I think that was our best chance. I want to say we were 23 or four in like, uh, two or three that, that season. So a really successful regular season, um, went in, upset, a upset East Kentwood in the first round. And then, like I said, things happened for a reason, but, um, that was, that was pretty much it. Just never really got over that hump there. Well, I look at it. I would look at it this way. I mean, that's just me, just listening, because I, you know, I don't pump you for information before we record this or anything. Um, this is all straight up, and I guess the way I would look at it is, 
you guys were the bridge. You're the bridge to what they are enjoying now, the success they're enjoying now. You know, someone had to go in there and and bridge that gap, and that was you guys. So, I like that. I like that. Take that for what it's worth. It's true. You know, not every. I mean, not every team is going to win every state title every year. Okay, sometimes you've got to be the bridge to future success, and that's that was that was your role. You know, I mean, would you rather would you rather do that? Would you rather do that? Or would you rather finish two and 23? Okay. Right. That's, right. It's a way to look at it, you know? So at least that's I hope a good point, you know? So, and, and right. yeah, yeah, you can joke about it and still say, yeah, it hurts. And that's fine. I mean, that's, that's because it does, you know, that's the one thing I told somebody else once um, about, I said, you know, I don't let losing consume me, but I try to learn from it. And the number one thing I learned sure. from it is that I don't like it. I didn't like it very much, you know? So yeah, no. I'm going to, so yeah, I'm going to work hard and try to win. But you know, if I don't always succeed at that, I'm not going to let it consume me. I would concur with that. I think that realistically losing like that quite possibly could have driven me to want to play juniors and ended up at Toledo and then, you know, losing there could have driven me internally to keep going. And that's, you know, they said I ended up playing NCAA D3 hockey and that's, it very well could have been driven by some of those early exits. Right. I mean, there's always a reason for everything and learning that I think probably will help you as you go. Uh, Not only in hockey, but in life, you know, so, but now let's get to, let's get to uh, some of the stuff that uh, I would say probably is probably going to be an interesting ride. And that is, oh. how did you uh, end up going from high school to Toledo? There, were, right. no, there so, were no stops in between, were there? No, there were not. Um, obviously, went through the, the process of a few different, um, like Michigan high school, you know, elite camps, you know, what have you. Some of them were good, some of them weren't as good, but. Uh, you know, you try to go to these these prospect camps and get your name out there where there might be a couple scouts or might be 10 scouts. or might be nobody, a few dads up in the stands. But um, lucky enough that got invited down to, to Toledo for their tryout. And, um, you know, at the time, it was, it was Ian Duncan brought me on. And um, it, was, it, was, it was good. I mean, they said it was a learning experience. And you kind of figure out real quick it's just a different level different uh different mentality um at the time i didn't try to balance any school uh with it or take any classes but i know a lot of guys do right um some of them are younger a lot of the guys from the toledo area or, or, or detroit area they're still taking you know high school classes while they're playing uh others they've graduated and they're already taking you know their electives in college and that's to that i commend that because it, it was it was a lot already for me to, you know, pick up a different lifestyle, yet alone have that stressor on it, on top of it. Now, uh, I mean, what about the high school or the junior level? Uh, when you were in the ice house there, what was it like to walk in that locker room? Did you feel any intimidation at all? 
Uh, you definitely did. Uh, some of the older guys. I mean, um, is the experience similar to my freshman year where I, I showed up in high school and there's guys that are three years older than me? For sure. It's very similar. Um, but you also you saw those guys at school all the time and they would kind of help out as upperclassmen. Whereas junior hockey, it's not, you know, I don't want to come off as like it's this big, uh, you know, like almost hazing experience. It's just, it's more of like a, the, the comfort factor may not have been there, right? Like they, they're older, they've got their own agenda and, you know, they already have plans for next year. They're done, they're going here or they're going there or they're retiring. So they don't necessarily don't care. You know, it sounds a little harsh, but that's, that's just sort of how it felt for me was you've got some of the older guys doing their thing. And then here I am with maybe two or three other guys and we're just kids trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, were there any, was there anybody in that camp that you knew like from playing up in Michigan and playing over in Detroit and that kind of stuff? I'm trying to think. I really don't think there were at all. I think there were a few guys maybe I ran into at tryouts. I mean, I over my two and a half years of attending various tryouts and at different junior levels, you, know, you, you kind of you you uh, make friendly faces or played on or against guys at different camps. But I don't think there were any necessarily uh, like close names that I knew going down to Toledo. And then besides, as years go on, it all they all kind of run together. <laughs> but uh... all of them, yeah. Now. <laughs> I'm trying to remember socks. Did you wear num when you played in Toledo? Did you wear number thirty-one or was it thirty? Oh man, I'm trying to. I would have had to be thirty-five. Thirty-five. That's been my yep. number. That's okay. been my number all the way through, except for my freshman year in college. It was not available, so I took dirty thirty. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, you're uh, telling me, big oof. I was sighing when I had to take that number. <laughs> no i've always been a 35 guy okay well that's fine and i just i try to rem that's what i do with these also when i'm on here usually right at the get-go of a podcast i'll try to remember the jersey number you wore and i held off because i was i was trying to remember i could i was going back and forth i could not remember what jersey you wore and now I it was a while that. back yeah just a little but uh yeah 35 yeah. she is so now when yeah. do you remember uh, who was your in your first year in Toledo? Who was your goaltending partner? Oh man, I can't think of his name. I can see his face and his equipment, which is that's about standard for every goalie ever. Um, because I know he got traded at the end of the year. Uh, was that his nickname? Was Duck? Was it was Ducky? Yeah, Brian, his Brian, nickname was Duck. Duck. It was Duck. It was Brian yeah. Danzak. That was it. Yeah. Brian Danzak. And then that would have been, uh, so him and was it boots Panetta or, or, yeah, uh, boots, uh, no Bo boots, uh, Aaron, that's Boot a different Miller. kid. That, that's what it was. Boot Miller. Yes. Yeah. And you remember so the many names running around the, and I can remember the name then. <laughs> I love that out of you. What a team that's teamwork. Yes, it is. But, uh, duck was, I, I love duck, man. He was a great kid. I always got along with him back then. Um, and uh same thing with aaron Booten miller boots was boots was a he was a different kettle of fish but by god he was a good guy you know and he could yeah. play yeah he could play yeah you know and that was the nice thing about back then 
Toledo had some pretty darn good goaltenders, you know? Yeah. Uh, and now did you, were you uh, the backup most of the first year or uh, did you, when did, I mean. It was this, yeah, my, my first year, uh, we'll, we'll chalk that up as learning experience. I'm sure, uh, I, I'm sure Ian Duncan would say the same. Uh, you know, I, I think that, it was a fair rotation and each guy had a chance to take the net and I'll just be honest. I don't think any of us took the net, you know, it was like, Hey, we're all pretty good and we know we can play, but the second that he'd give us an opportunity to run with it, I think all three of us crumbled every time. So um, that that's why I think uh, duck was, was traded there. Like, uh, I don't know, halfway through the season kind of to just open space. And I think that was, that was uh coach, coach Duncan's attempt to get one of us to play better, right? Kind of mm -hmm. relax, find your net and, and let it go. And like I said, I, I think I just pretty much struggled most of that first year. I don't well, know if I, it was necessarily learning the game or what, but it was just different. Well, I think also too, the fact that Doc, uh, I think he was aging out that, that was his age out year. Yes. And yeah. so I think, you know, just the idea of that you guys were a couple of young, young bucks uh, you yeah. were able, you know, I think he wanted to see what he had. So, yeah. you know, being able to do that, giving Duck a chance to go somewhere and play full time. I think, I think he got traded back over to Cleveland, maybe. Uh, I can't remember. Sounds, sounds about right. Yeah. But um, anyway, uh, the still the, um, the, the, did you and Boots get along pretty good in that first year? Okay. I think like any, uh, you get one of two working relationships with your goalie partners through the years. Either you end up best friends or it was just okay and uh, things were fine and you cheer them on when they play and move on. You know, I think that was pretty much our relationship. I haven't talked to them since, you know. Uh, and then I've got other goaltending partners that, like I said, they're best friends and still buddies. Mm -hmm. So I, it was fine. I just, I, I think that's about it, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, the, and that first year too, there was a lot of, uh, it, there was a big learning curve there, not only just for you and Boots, but I think for that whole team in general, you know, just, mm -hmm. uh, it was, um, it was, a, it was, it was interesting. Who are some of the guys that played in front of you that you remember? Mm. There are so many guys. Let me try and just remember a few here. Um, kid from Florida. Is that uh, Ryan uh, Wall or Lucas Kelsey? Nope, Lucas Kelsey. That was the one. Yep. Lucas Kelsey. There was a uh, there was a big boy, a fighter from Texas. Oh, Chase Michael. Chase. Yep. Chaz Michael Michaels. That's the guy. And then uh, let's see, uh, Lucas Cook. Is, is that right? No. Matt Cook. Matt Cook. Matt Cook. Yeah, I always Matt remember because I can never think of Matt Cook without thinking of Spencer Jordan. Yeah, Matt Cook. Um, Matty Ock. Frank the Tank, yep. Frank the Tank. Let's see, who was uh, who was a big big defenseman we had? Fantastic beard, and he's now uh, he's a caddy now on the LPGA. Josh Williams. Bingo, Josh Williams. Willie, we call him. Um, and uh, I, li I lived in a billet house with Sean Serapelia. Oh, my. 
Good, yeah. Good old, good Sean. Yeah. He's coaching uh, now. He's, he went yes. into, he got into MMA for a bit and now yep. he's coaching hockey. He's coaching the little yep. younger guys. So, um, I do know that and uh, here locally. So, uh, but. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. He's yeah. Cause he was only, he was originally, I think just, um, not too far from here. Yes. Yeah. He was, uh, when I met him, he was, I believe, a Royal Oak guy. Mm-hmm. And then, and then uh, instead of driving down each day, he just, you know, part of junior hockey, wanted to live in a billet. So we, we lived uh, just right across the state line there. Shoot, probably two miles from uh, from the ice house or whatever. Anyway, right. Yeah. So now what, uh, who, yeah. who did you billet with? Oh, man. It was, uh, oh, it was Scott. And oh man, she would be so upset. <laughs> uh, Scott and Connie Schneider. The Schneiders, okay. There you Scott go. and Connie Schneider. Yep. Yep. And and uh, things go okay there as far as you know the relationship. Oh, fan- fantastic! So good. They were the best. They were the absolute best. If I if I'm driving through Toledo tomorrow, I could still go knock on the door. We don't even have to knock. It's probably open. Just walk right in, sit down, <laughs> and have a beer with Scott. That's <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Oh, and then all of my first year, uh, their son, who was, I want to say, he was two years older than me, mm-hmm. uh, and he actually he played hockey, but not for Toledo. He played in uh, what's just south of Toledo. It's almost to uh, to Bowling Green, uh, like Perrysburg. There's Perrysburg. There's Anthony Wayne. There's um, oh man. There's Lake. There is um, no. when I come up with it, I would know. But but Mom, he, he played. Uh, he played down there. Nope. Ah, huh. uh, it doesn't Sylvania? matter. But well, there's Sylvania. Uh, there's Sylvania Northview and Sylvania Southview. Uh, oh, there's man. also St. John's or St. Francis. Um, Gosh, I want I want to look it up. I, I need uh, I need my friend Google on that one, but. Uh, <laughs> No, that was that was uh, that helped me the most. Probably was just having somebody roughly my age, a couple years young or a couple years older, just sort of helping out, showing it just how it is, right? So, no, they were fantastic. That was that was best case scenario was living with the Snyders, hundred percent. Okay, so now, um, I mean, and you got along pretty good with Sean. Oh yeah, yeah, fantastic. He, um, if I if I look back and I really think about it. I would say his uh, his like passion at the time for working out and training at that gym that we had access to. I don't know if the, the Toledo Cherokee still do because don't you guys have a facility kind of in your rink now, right? They have yeah, they have a, they have a, a workout yeah. station in the rink. Yeah, so if if you recall when I was there, we used to go down the street, twenty first uh, down Alexis Health. Road over to twenty four. Yep, that was it, and the beauty of that is, is we could go there for as long as we wanted. And Sean and I would go over there, we'd get through our team workout and, um, oh, who's the assistant coach at the time? Uh, with Don- Chris Tarsha. Um, yes, it was Tarsh. Yep. It was, it was, it was always myself, Sean and coach Tarsha still in the gym two hours after the team workout ended. And then we'd get home and, and Connie Schneider would just have 
dinner sitting out. It was, it was, you know what? Junior hockey was not that hard. <laughs> wow. It was, uh, but if I think about it, I mean, Sean's passion for the gym wore off on me and that's when I kind of started training. And, you know, you look at me now and now I'm a strength conditioning coach. At the time, I thought I wanted to be an engineer. I couldn't imagine sitting in front of a computer and, and, you know, being in an office now. It's just, that's not what I do at all. Now I'm on my feet all day long and I love it. But um, I don't know if that would have ever occurred to me if it weren't for kind of falling in love with the gym with Sean all the time. Right. So. Hey, we all have those people that help us get to where we, we want to go and get where 100%. we are. So, yeah, I mean, that's cool though. I think that's great that Sean had that big of an impact on you. You know, I mean, yeah. because I mean, if you remember Sean back then, he didn't most of half the time, he didn't even make the starting dress list, you know? No. Nope. And, nope. and yet he nope. still had, he still had a passion to play. Yeah. You know, he still had yeah. a passion to, to be involved in the game, which is why, sure. you know, like I said, you know, and he was, a, he was, he was our, one of the fighters we had. And so, you know, I mean, that probably is what drew him or helped him stay in shape to go on to do some MMA stuff and being in the game, obviously giving back now as a coach. I mean, and sure. I'm sure you probably probably had an impact on him as well. So I don't I don't think it's a, a one way street there. Um, now, let me ask you, when you when you played into the second year. Um, uh-huh. did it get any easier or was it more challenging? I think easier in a sense of you've adjusted to the lifestyle a little bit differently, a little bit more. Right. Um, so I think you have a better idea of what to expect and, and would like to think that you're less apt to be rattled by a situation, you know, um, you know, you realize how long the season is and you kind of, you can turn it around from game to game, which I guess, you know, a goaltender in specific has to be able to do anyways. But, um, and then I, I think it was refreshing that it was kind of a, a different team, a different mentality and a different coach at the time, right? It was just kind of, it was almost a fresh start because um, in no, in no sort of, you know, negative way toward Toledo, but that, you know, that wasn't where I wanted to be personally at that time. You know, I wanted to take the next step up and play in the NA or whatever the case might have been elsewhere. Um, but then falling back and knowing that at the time Scott Searing was like, you know, what, like we're, we're still going to make that happen for you. Just, you know, get down here, play your game, do your thing. It, it was definitely refreshing, you know. So um, it ended up, you know, being an all-year situation, which is totally fine because that still worked out you know, that still led to an opportunity at the next level. So um, it, it was, uh, it still had its challenges, but I would say nothing in comparison to year one. Year one was kind of a life altering wake up call. Like, you know, were you made to play hockey at the next level situation? <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I, let's talk about that. Um, how, I mean, especially in juniors, not only in whether it be one year or two, but regardless of how long you play, because you have a lot of time usually to whether it be through, while you're working out, while you're you know at home on a day off, uh, there's a lot more time for you to think 
I think, in juniors than there is like when you're in high school or if you're uh-huh. going, if you're carrying a full-time college schedule, et cetera, et cetera. But even sure. in the college level too, uh, you get a lot more time to yourself. And obviously uh, as being where you're billeting and you're not at home, it, it, it gives you more pause to think about not only the game, but about life. How much of that did it wear on you as far as uh, what am I doing here playing at this level? Should I be at a higher level? Should I, I mean, am I good enough to be able to make that jump? Am I, I mean, all these thoughts go through your head. How much of that was the case when it came to you and goaltending? And playing at that and playing away from home. I would attribute a lot of that to it. I, I think for for me personally, uh, being away from home, that that never was a factor. Uh, considering I moved, uh, you know, thirteen and a half hours out to to Charlotte, North Carolina, or to out out to Boston at the time, and then Charlotte, North Carolina, which is even further. But um, so that never bothered me. But you're right. I mean, you have a lot of time to yourself, and. Uh, and it definitely weighs on you when when times are tough, right? I mean, when things are going great, being by yourself might be the best thing for you. Kind of clear your mind and relax. But when uh, when they're tough and you got a lot of things going on and you're a young kid still trying to figure it out, it, it weighs on you. And um, I, I think that adds to maybe why year two was better um, mentally and on the ice was um, I kind of learned how to balance that day, right? So. Um, you know, a lot of kids may be able to afford just kind of um, live in the junior lifestyle by itself. But, you know, I had, I still had work. I had to balance work. So at the time, you know, I was just flipping burgers at the local steak and shake, you know, over in over in, uh, in Toledo there. So I would go there. I'd start my day at 7 a.m., you know, make breakfast for a couple of the regulars, hang out through the lunch, uh, like crazy lunch rush. And then honestly i would change on the road go over walk into the uh the ice house get through practice go over work out and then come home starving and know you know what i probably should stay up that late playing video games or whatever it is that you know college kids or uh um, junior kids do because i've got to work again at seven in the morning so i think um having all of that helped a ton you balance your day you kind of learn up your you're, I, I guess, maturing uh, in a sense, kind of learning how to be an adult because that's what we have to do now, you know. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I would attribute a lot of that that downtime and mental struggle to you know maybe some of the difficulties I had in my first year in juniors. Okay, so I mean, this isn't now. Don't take this the wrong way. This isn't a uh, a uh, try to bury one person over the other. No. I want this to be in terms of different styles or what type of uh, adjustments did you have to make in playing for both coaches? Uh, Was there a big difference in the way you had to prepare, the way the systems you had to be aware of, uh, anything like that, uh, playing under one coach versus the other? Uh, I I think uh, the beautiful thing about goaltending is if you keep the puck out of the net, no matter who your coach is, he's going to be happy. Yeah. And if you suck at keeping the puck out of the net, guess what? He's not going to be happy. Yeah, um, 
so so I would say that definitely played a lot uh, into my year one versus year two scenario because I stopped the puck more in year two. But um, definitely a difference in coaching style. System-wise, you're a goalie. It doesn't change a whole lot. But um, coaching style-wise, I, I wouldn't say I needed to be you know, a guy that was coddled or anything like that. But I would say I was more comfortable with maybe like a, a personable coach. And, and, you know, if you just look at X's and O's, A versus B, you know, Scott Searing was more personable, at least to me. So whereas, um, whereas Dunk, you know, maybe a little bit more demanding, um, you know, just here it is, go do it. And, uh, you know, for my sense, unfortunately, I'd, didn't do it. I didn't stop the puck a lot for Duck. So um, that, that was really the biggest difference between those two, right? And, um, you know, I mentioned my high school coach too. I, I think he was very personable. So that was, it was kind of a comforting thing when Scott came in. It was like, okay, like I see a lot of similarities there to this guy I liked a couple years back, right? Okay. Now, um, did, uh, I mean, but I, I guess I would say, I think probably a, a mixture of the two probably helped you though in the end, because yeah, Scott was had more of a person, the personality type coach, but Dunk was the guy that he knew how to push you, and get the most out of you. Sure. You know, so I think that's yeah. that's a, a real good uh, thing for both of them, and and I'm a big fan of both Dunk and and Scott. I really love them both to this sure. day. I still uh, keep in touch with both of them. So, um, you know, I think the world of both of them. And and Tarsh too. I love Tarsh. You know, he's a he's a crazy goofball who, well, he never stopped being a crazy goofball. It's just that on game yeah. days he was intense. You were kind of going, okay, fine. <laughs> you know, but but that, that's Tarsh yeah. for you. But uh, anyway, right. <clears throat> so uh, unless you got him at home uh, by his drum kit, then uh, he, he had the biggest man crush on the late great Neil Peart from uh, Rush, the band Rush. He would, yeah, he, I mean, oh yeah, he would, he knew every Rush song there was to know and knew how to play it exactly like Neil Peart did. And uh, he would practice <laughs> on that thing forever. Uh, I remember Ryan Sexsmith when he was in Toledo, he stayed, he stayed with Tarsh and Tarsh would get up before work at like five in the morning and start working at work at, uh, playing his drum kit and going nuts. Oh man. Just to, that's just exactly to... what you want at five in the morning, right? Yeah. That's what he would do to get. <laughs> To get uh, Ryan uh, Sexsmith, he'd get them all wound up, waking them up at five in the morning. Oh, it's great. But anyway, so oh, you played now that second year. Uh, was it still Boots and you, or was there somebody else uh, with you that second year? Uh, I just can't remember. I I was thinking about that. I, I don't think it was Boots, uh, maybe at the start of the year. But uh, I think by the time that we went to Peoria for playoffs, it was just myself and Lauren Shotwell. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I forgot. Lauren about Shotwell. The, the shot. Yep. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That, that's funny. Just thinking. And there was, there was somebody in there most of the year. I can see it again. I can see his equipment. I can't remember a name, but he was there for most of the year and then not. Uh, not at the end of the year, I don't believe. And he was he was a Detroit guy. That wasn't uh, Zach Meelan. Uh Oh gosh, man. That was it. No, that was it. That was it. Meelan. Okay. It was it was it was Zach Meelan. Yeah. Oh man. 
like and I that's said, that's funny. I, I told you I could see his equipment because I couldn't stand the mask he wore. So I, <laughs> I I remember the helmet that he had. But I, yeah, yeah, it was it was Zach Neely. Oh man, don't yeah. ask me how I was able to pull that one out of my rear end because you really did. That was incredible. You you just pulled that name. You got so many names just floating around up there. That was incredible. Well, I retired from doing play by play back in 2016, 17, and I you know you got uh, I did 20 years. So that's why I tell them, like, I retired. I told them because I aged out, you know, 20 years. <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, it's like all those names and numbers, they all run together. So, you know, you just oh, kind of pull out. Incredible. You put, I mean, the only year, honestly, the only two teams and really only the one team I remember is the national championship team. And that's because sure. I, uh, you know, not only because they won it, but because I actually went on the road flew out to Simi Valley, California to broadcast the championship game back to Toledo on radio. And nice. uh, so, you know, you, all those guys, plus you always had that banner hanging up there and you always see them names. So you remember a lot of them, but you know, I mean, there's sure. a, but I mean, some of my favorite players had absolutely nothing to do with that team, you know? I mean, and right. I love those guys. Those guys are like brothers to me, but um, I'm just saying as far as they weren't the only team, you know, that was a great team and that who uh, had people in there who I loved and just thought the absolute world of current company included. Um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, just the idea that, uh, you know, there were some wonderful players that came out there and, and, and got the job done. You know, they worked their butts off to get where they got. And, you know, whether, whether it was on the ice or off later on in life, you know, I just, I'm just so proud of all the guys that did what they did. So that's why I'm doing this, you know, just to kind of, I don't want yeah. you guys to be, as I've said many times before, I don't want you guys to be just some number in an old program that somebody's going to throw away. You guys got a voice. You guys paved the way for the teams that are playing now and the success that is now. Uh, and I want them to know that you guys were somebody and that you guys uh pave went down that road and that you guys have stories to tell you know and and sure. that's that's the whole purpose of this now speaking of stories uh i want to hear some stories about your time in toledo i mean like uh who was talk about some of the best practical jokers or who are some of the funnier guys or if you were ever a victim of a of a prank or or if you prank somebody that kind of stuff Man, I, you know what? It, you've got me beat. Maybe I'm not the best uh, candidate for it, but I just don't have a whole lot of stories from that sense. I, I uh, you know, honestly, from a prank standpoint, it was it was always uh, it was always Mo. It's always equipment guy Mo, mm -hmm. but old Jay Fravor. I mean, he's the he's the best. I saw him a couple years ago when uh, when we were playing the uh, we were playing the Cleveland Monsters. So he drove over uh, when you guys were in town. But, uh, I mean, from, yeah, I don't have a whole lot for you. Well, I mean, who would who would you say probably besides Mo? Um, I mean, now, did you have to go through rookie dinner? Or Yeah, I think I had to wear a, uh, I think I had to wear a female dress, actually. Yeah, mm -hmm. I did for sure. Okay, yeah. so. Uh... We all did. All, all the rookies had to wear a female dress that year. Yeah, because you I, take I out the, that. you you got to take the uh, the the vets out to dinner. Do you remember where you went to dinner yeah. at? Like Applebee's? Oh, or... Nope. 
Um, no, it might it might have been something like that. TGI Fridays or Applebee's, the back corner or something. Yeah, um, that was a while back. Whew, you're testing me. Yeah. Now, um, I mean, usually, now did you get shoe checked? Oh man, I think I avoided it for the most part because you pick up onto that one real quick. Yeah. But I uh, I know a bunch of uh, a bunch of us have been shoe checked before uh, you get up and I think Twinkle Twinkle Little Star was a uh, a fan favorite. Oh lord! <laughs> oh gosh! It's it's gotten to the point now where people want like uh, full blown country songs or songs from musicals. I mean it, it's gotten oh. crazy now. But uh, anywho. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, did you were you ever like a victim of a leaner? Where they fill up? The... No, but that definitely uh, that's definitely come into play the last uh, couple of years in my stays in hotels and uh, in pro hockey. But uh, I, I think the only the spot that was a good spot for leaners was when we stayed. Oh, uh, the the hotel was right out front of the uh, the ice rink. Was that uh, Pittsburgh? That wasn't Cleveland, was it? It was, it was Pittsburgh. Yeah, I so you pull into the right, and then we were – yeah, I think it was Pittsburgh. It was outside rooms, that was a great spot for leaners. Ah, uh, man, there were some – yeah, there were some doozies. Well, Cleveland also had that too. They had – we were right the, across the parking lot from uh, from Hoover Ice Arena. I was called it the Ice Arena that sucks. <clears throat> I remember how bad that Ice Arena was when we walked into St. Louis my first year. Oh, Afton? Their, 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 their ice was awful. You couldn't see any of the lines when we played a game against them, and it didn't help that they were unbelievable that year. The, so you're just holding on for dear life for 60 minutes. You can't tell what's onside, offside, what's an icing. The, the ref's dropping the puck half the time. He's in the, in the middle of a slot because he doesn't know where the dot's at. <laughs> that, that barn was really nice. Yeah, they did a good job with everything there. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that, I mean, they were just that good, and they were. It wasn't just they that year. Good. Back then, it was every year. They were that good. Yeah, and that's. Uh, and you were only just a couple years removed from guys like Paul and Jan Stasny, uh, that played for them. Uh, uh, what's his name? Chris Butler. Those are all guys that went into the NHL. Brandon Bolig. Uh, those were all uh, future okay. NHLers. I think we had a pair of brothers when when we played against them. That might have been like uh, like a captain and assistant captain or something. I remember they were really good. Uh, and I just like their entire defense. They were so tall, all of them. Yep. We just go in there and you're like, oh, perfect, great. There's there there's the one small guy. You're like, oh, how tall is he? Oh, six three. Oh, perfect. Yeah, the little guy. <laughs> we'll call him Shorty. Yeah. Oh, right. Man. But uh, now, so you finished playing in Toledo. Tell me yeah. how, uh, when you finished that second year, was there any kind of like thought as to what's next or what ended up steering you towards Pittsburgh State? So, yeah. So after that second year, I was kind of, um, you know, I wouldn't say over junior hockey, but ready to move on. You mm -hmm. know, it had already been two years off of taking any courses in school. So, um, we went to a, uh, we went to a, a camp or not a camp, a, a tournament in Detroit that year. 
and somehow Pittsburgh State, Massachusetts sent sent the guy out there, and that that game actually that he was there to scout me. Uh, there was a Zamboni issue right in front of my crease, and we waited like three hours to start that game. Oh my! I, I'll never forget that. And so, sure enough, he stuck around, and I, I was incredibly average at best that game too. And uh, afterwards, like you know, you really see, you know, your movement. It looks great. I'm like, were you watching the same game I was just a part of? You know, like I blew it. <laughs> You're blowing it. And uh, and sure enough, like they had me out there. Uh, later in the year. So we, we visited the campus and you know, I just decided, I'm like, you know what, like I'm not going to gamble and, and try to play one more year of juniors, whether it's Toledo or elsewhere and maybe have another offer or maybe get hurt and not have any offers. So I'm like, you know what, let's just go out to school. And, and it worked out pretty well. So I think I was pretty set in stone after year two. You know, and I remembered that uh, when that happened with uh, Zamboni didn't, uh, it gets stuck when it was trying to resurface yes. it, the, the the apparatus that floods the ice got stuck in the down position so a bunch of hot Correct. water a bunch of hot water yeah. went right yeah. onto the rink and melted the ice down to the concrete yeah oh my sizzle God. the hole all the way down to the concrete like uh maybe 15 feet in from the zamboni doors yep and we're just standing there we, that might have been like game one or two of the tournament too so there was, a, there was a game going on the other side, on the other sheet. They finished that, and then they're all like looking over, going like, "What's going on? That's that game's not done." And we're like, "We haven't started, man. Like we're we're still in our gear." Oh I've, been, I've been walking around in my equipment for an hour and a half, two hours. I'm starving, you know. Yeah. Like <laughs> those were the best. See, that's just, those are the stories I love. Is talking about those because yeah. I mean that one. It just like went. Poof. And there was just no turning back. Oh yeah. And they had to limp that thing into yeah. the into the uh into the doorway into the Zamboni entrance. Oh my God, was that funny? Yeah. Because and that, that was happened right in front of the locker room that we had. Yep. And I didn't know what to do, you know. So I was just like, "Oh crap! I'm gonna have to. I, I'm not going on the air. Not with this." And I just laughed my right. butt silly because that happened in Toledo also. Not that. Not where it burned it or melted it down to the concrete. But yeah. they were uh, resurfacing. It was like in the first intermission. And they're resurfacing. And they're going from the Zamboni entrance. They go all the way down the ice. They're swinging it around to come back. And the Zamboni, literally, one of the front wheels, it literally rusted off right then. Fantastic. Yeah. So they had to stop. And so they... Uh, and all of them were there, Sap and, and Donnie Manders and all those guys that were part of the Ice House. And and uh, bef this was before they came on as being part of the Cherokee officially. Anyway, they mm -hmm. uh, uh, the late great Sap man, I miss him to this day. Anyway, he they went out yeah. there and put a big metal bar, and they tapped it into into that uh, steering column. And lift up that that right end, that right front end where the wheel's supposed to be, and they had to hold onto it like that and limp it all the way down the ice till they got back to the back oh, no. of the Zamboni entrance. <laughs> I, and I'm on the air trying to describe this because I had time to kill. There was nothing to do, and I am like, I almost pee myself. I am like sitting there just laughing. Of course, it's no laughing matter if you're on the other end of it. But, you know, it's like, oh, sure. If you're the one trying to fix the issue. <laughs> yeah. Then, you know, it's like, 
this isn't funny. But, you know, looking at it years later, you know, it's like, uh, I just, I mean, it was hysterical. Just one of those only, only in junior hockey, you know? It, 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 right. Yeah. So that's why when you brought that up about that, that meltdown, that literal meltdown in, uh, up in Motor City. <laughs> oh my God. That was his hilarious. That was one of those that you can't, you can't make stories like that up. You can't. Oh, so good. Yeah. So let's talk about now you going to up to Massachusetts, up to New England. Uh, sure. Uh, was it kind of starting all over again with freshman year uh, coming out there as far as you got guys several years older than you that have been here and you're just this new kid coming in? Yeah, I think a lot of similarities, right, um, to both like your experience in, um, you know, at least from a playing standpoint, like your experience in high school again and in Toledo, like just being younger than a majority of the team. And they're they're close and they've been together for three years already, right? So um, a lot of similarities. And then if you look at it as a whole, not playing much freshman year at all, playing a little bit sophomore year, and then taking the reins and playing almost every game for two years is again, very similar to my experience in, uh, um, in high school. So it's kind of, kind of funny how it lined up. Hmm. So, uh, I mean, were, were you at all like, um, did you ever give thought to the idea that, you know, hmm, my, uh, my family's not going to be able to see me play. Um, basically mm -hmm. out here, well, I mean, you said before, it didn't bother you being out on your own. Um, sure. just the idea of, you know, you're going to have to do a lot of, do even more growing up at a pretty quick rate. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, uh, that's college in a nutshell, right? And that's, you kind of have to figure it out on your own. And that's, uh, that's what it was out there for me. I, I think more more of a striking uh change of pace was just boston in general the the the, the pace of life out east is so different from here in the midwest it's it's i went out there day two i don't know anybody on campus so i'm walking around the, my parents dropped me off in a hurricane so they got out of town and i'm there and uh you know, in between the eye of the storm the next day, I'm like, oh, let's go walk around campus, right? Haven't been able to do that yet. So I'm walking around and uh, a few other students are doing the same. And I'm like, hey, how you doing? I'm Ryan. Hey, hi, I'm Ryan. And one kid just looked at me, dude, shut up. And I'm like, okay, so life's a little different here. Like, <laughs> you know, even Toledo and in, in, uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, you can pretty much strike up a conversation with anybody at the store if you want. Yeah. And everybody's friendly. Out east, people have got their own agenda. They're doing their own thing. So that's where I got my first real nice, uh, real nice pair of uh, Beats headphones. <laughs> I learned real quick. Just put your headphones in, put your head down, and do what you're doing. <laughs> Good night. Oh, that's funny. Now, I mean, uh, I mean, I guess, but you never really lose that that Midwest in you, even even no. though even though you, you know, you're in places like Beantown and et cetera. Um, did you, uh, how long did it take you to assimilate to that whole scene up there in New England? I'd like to think pretty quickly. 
I mean, you know, and, and I, I, I say that jokingly, it's kind of the truth, but say that jokingly, but it's true. It, it is. It is. It's just a different mentality, but um, I, I love it out there. I mean, the second that uh, you're on board with a group of people, friends, family, whatever, you know, everybody takes you in, they take care of you. So I, I, I do love it out there, but um, I, I would say you figure it out pretty quick. I mean, it was kind of almost that, uh, that daily schedule you were talking about where, where we touched on earlier. Um, not a lot of downtime when you're a couch athlete, you know, you've got a, a full class schedule and then you're off to practice. And then at some point, either during the day or after practice, you're finding a way to go maybe get to the rec center gym. Um, now almost every um, athletic team across the board has got a strength facility, you know, which is obviously my neck of the woods as a strength conditioning coach. But, um, you know, so now today's college athlete is also probably got, you know, strength conditioning set up after practices. So, um, I mean, it's a full schedule and then you've got to find time to study whenever that might be. So um, from that sense, I, I think you, you said you, you learn on the fly and you figure it out pretty darn quick. And you know what, if you don't figure it out pretty darn quick, you're uh, not going to do well in your courses. So you're not going to, you're not going to last. Yeah, that's true. But uh, now um, I would think that especially with, um, with, uh, you know, the, the schedule, the hockey schedule, I mean, I was going to say that might be a little bit also crazy, but I would think also that um, it probably was also kind of a benefit too. Uh, it was kind of a little easier because usually in college you play Friday, Saturday, and even if you played sure. any other day, it's usually Sunday. So, I mean, the, the idea being that, you know, most, I'm not saying all, but a lot of college classes usually roll Monday through Thursday. You know, that's why you usually see the college ID nights on Thursday nights, because they know that those kids right. can sleep it off till till Friday morning. But uh, right. what um, what for you? I mean, what was it like being uh, traveling college wise uh, to other other uh, schools and stuff to play other teams? Uh, mm -hmm. how, was there any difference in the way that you you rolled back then or was it just kind of like junior um a lot of similarities uh i think the bus trips um in toledo were longer just because um, the conference that i played in uh in college was fairly small our longest bus trip to an in-conference school was like two hours and 25 minutes with traffic um, just because they were all within Massachusetts. It was Massachusetts State Athletic Conference. So um, from that sense, travel was easy. However, playing at that level and in some of the rinks that we played at, they were smaller than NHL size, like the surface. So I've one of my biggest difficulties from a playing standpoint was if you were playing a couple of those schools and you knew that, there's no morning skate. It's it's not like a pro schedule or maybe that second day of a junior schedule. You don't get the morning skate, so you don't get the skate on the small ice. You're just hopping out there with college kids where college D3 hockey is north, south, 100 million miles an hour, hit everything that moves. Thank goodness we have full cages on instead of visors, right? So um, you're going in, jumping into that game as a goalie, and your first shot is from the blue line, but that's actually only – 
50 feet away, right? So it's uh, it's a quicker game. And like I said, you get your your quick warm up, and that's it. You know, there's no morning skates. You don't get to adapt. So it is um, from a hockey standpoint that was different. Oh, that's so. Um, now, so you go four years there. Um, did you feel any kind of I don't know, like I won't say depression, but I mean just kind of like bummed at the idea when you finished and you played your last game in college like did you think wow that's it is this over 100 percent, yeah 100 percent, no doubt about it that was the worst you know and, and the way it ended too it, it was uh it was a pretty tough game so it just yeah 100 percent. that was a bummer um the idea of trying to chase the pro dream and, and play professional hockey i mean it was there but um you know, I was already 24 years old when I graduated from, from college. And, and I'm like, you know what, do I, I got to make a decision as like a young adult. I said, do I want to try and chase the stream play in the SPHL, maybe sneak into the East coast. If I'm absolutely blessed, that's the highest level I get to play. Is that worth it? Cause that might take three years as a goalie. There's only one net. NHL teams have prospects that trickles all the way down. I know this for sure now that I've been working in the AHL. I said, you know, is that something I wanted to do? Do I want to spend three years of grinding it out for one or two chances? Mm -hmm. I don't know. And so I made, I made a decision. I said, let's, let's take this internship and, and let's, uh, let's not do that. So it worked out really well for me, but you know, I would never tell somebody else not to take the leap at, at trying either, you know? So, um, it worked out well for me. We'll leave it at that. Okay. Well, um, so how did you end up, uh, catching on with an AHL team in Charlotte? So, okay. Yeah. Um, they said, uh, you know, I'm a strength conditioning coach now. Um, I, I would say my passion for that started way back with, you know, Sean Serapilia and the, and the 24 hour gym that we had access to in Toledo. Um, but, uh, when I went to school out East in Boston, I majored in, uh, exercise science, wasn't really sure what that meant at the time. Thankfully, the advisors kind of sent me down that path. First couple classes are about, uh, human movement and the science of the body. And I'm going like, you know what? I like this. This makes sense to me. And then another person who I didn't mention to you earlier from Toledo, Ryan Richmond. I was just thinking was about actually him. he's a strength and conditioning coach. Yep. Yep. I just went through my and mind so, when you were talking about it. Correct. And so he's a strength and conditioning coach. And and I'd be lying to all of us if if I didn't say that, you know, started following him on Instagram and going like, This is awesome. This is this is definitely what I want to do, right? Yep. Um and and from day one it was it was part of what recruited me out to Fitchburg State, but um there was actually a goalie. It would have been six years before me that came in, had a very similar experience, worked for the guy I worked for after graduating. And he's now actually the, uh, the head of science and strength conditioning for the Arizona Coyotes. So um, there's a lot of connections, just like any job, but networking in, in pro sports is out of control. And I was just, I was lucky enough to, to have some connections after graduating and, and 
that led to an opportunity with uh, with Carolina and Charlotte. So okay, so um, I, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about them for a little bit. In that, <laughs> well, let's see. While you were there with that, um, trying to think, was it in college or was it with your Carolina that you met your 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 uh, your gal pal? Well, funny story there. She's uh, she's out, but it was at Fitchburg State. Yeah. Okay. So well, then, then I will, uh, yeah. that, that's all we need to know. No, you're good. All right. So then, but the other thing is, is that you you guys won a championship, the Calder Cup. Yes, we did. Yes, we did, and it uh, it was a lot of fun to do, and uh, it helps you figure out what things work with the team and what things don't from a training standpoint, and. Uh, you know, never would I sit and take credit. I mean, it's the players that are, you know, you've got some real good teams, you've got some bad teams. And that doesn't dictate how you are as a coach, but uh, it, it definitely, everybody pulled on that thing. And that team was unbelievable. If you look up a roster, the, that, that team's going to go down as one of the best, you know, I'd argue, if not the best American Hockey League team that's ever been put together. So it was, they were really good, and it was a lot of fun just a couple years ago, too. Yep. And uh, now, did you get a day with the Cup, or is that do they do that in the NHL? They do that. Um, mine was complicated because I, I was home in Grand Rapids for a little bit, and then I went back to Charlotte, and you couldn't keep track of where the Cup was at. Uh, long story short, it was in town, I think, the week or a week and a half before we opened up the next season. I'm going, I need to grab this thing and have a day with it before the season officially starts. Like any hockey player knows you can't, you can't do that after the next season started, right? Like from a superstition standpoint. So um, I grabbed it on a random Wednesday and uh, all the rest of that night was a blur. We'll go with that. Wow. So called up a couple buddies said, Hey, I have to call their cup. You guys want to do something? One buddy goes, I don't work on Wednesdays, so I'll already pick up the drinks. Where are we headed? Oh, my gosh. So that yeah. was great. That was great. Yeah. So I, I take it you spent the rest of the night drinking out of the cup? Are you drinking, eating? Yeah. Whatever Falling into the, the pool. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, a lot of guys don't get that opportunity very often. So the fact that you were able to, you know, get a ring doing what you love, I mean, my gosh, there, there can't be a better feeling in the world. No, it was, it was incredible. And, and you know what, I, it, you know, we kind of talked earlier about maybe taking things for granted when you're in the moment, but it, it was one of those things where we, uh, we kind of realized that the team was really good and had a shot at it, you know, with a couple months left in the season. So it was one of those savor every moment situations and um, the playoff run was, was incredible. I mean, I'm getting excited just talking about it. Right. It was, it was awesome. And um, a lot of that staff isn't a part of the organization anymore. Very few players are, are still there. Um, you know, they're littered throughout the, the national hockey league, a couple guys in Europe and a few in the American league still, but um there's been a lot of success that's stemmed from that team all over. And it's, uh, you know, you make friends that 
you could call and talk to today, tomorrow, you know, and that's the best part about any team that wins, you know, that from, uh, that, that Toledo team. So yep. it's, yeah. uh, it's a lot of fun, you know, and, and, you know, the more I think about it too, you know, the, you know, we talked in the outset of this about the disappointments, you know, in high school, Granville with Toledo that first season, especially, um, you know, the little bit of the disappointment in college. And the more I think about it, those little roadblocks, we'll call them or whatever, disappointment blocks built, they were the foundation for what built for you and your teammates to reach the Holy Grail with, uh, at the AHL level, which is the Calder Cup. You got a ring, Ryan. Like I said, uh, you know, we talked about Mo. I want so desperately for him to get a national championship with Toledo. And, you know, that's what we're rooting for. And he got, they got to nationals last season, but uh, he's still in, in, in the chase for one. So that's what I'm saying. You, you can't, you know, people don't realize how important and how hard it is to get one of those, those things. I mean, I got mine, you know, I got, to be uh, celebrate and be part of a, a championship team in, in my second year with the team. And we went the year before we were in the national championship game uh, and lost. And uh, a couple times after that, we went to nationals right after that. And I'm thinking we're going national championship all the time. And then we hit a dry spot and it was like, wait a minute, you know, and it's, I thought right. we always went to, na no, it is incredibly hard incredibly right. hard to get to get to that point, yeah. let alone win it just to get there yeah. and that's what i'm saying all those disappointments you had early on i think were a setup for you to achieve something that great you know and i you know, yeah. you know we can talk about all the different little disappointments but to me those are what build your character and they build it and build it and build it and I think the fact that they, that, like I said, you got to get a day with the cup, you got a ring. Uh, I think that is the payoff for going through what you went through early on. Yeah. You know what? I mean, I like the way you put it and I don't disagree. I mean, um, set, you know, setbacks, obstacles, whatever you want to call it. I mean, I think that there's a reason why I never really, in my playing career played for a lot of, you know, winning teams. Not that it didn't have a winning culture or the, or the proper type of culture that can win, but I, I think it, a lot of times it showed you things you don't want to do too, which is, you know, from a learning standpoint, just as important, if not more important. So I think you're right. I mean, it, um, again, it, I think I've been fortunate enough in my four years in professional hockey that we have won a lot. Um, but, but I think it translates, right? I, I think you, you figure out what things work and don't work. And people always ask me whether it's in interviews for positions in pro hockey or what, but um, I always ask me, you know, you know, what draws you to hockey? And you know, I kind of struggle with that answer because it, it seems like common sense to me. So it's hard for me to put into words, but it's like, well, you know, the, the culture of being in the locker, it just makes sense to me. It, I've lived it my whole life. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
you know, what draws me to the hockey locker room? Well, nothing. That's, that's just, that's where I'm comfortable. That's, that's it's almost easy for me, right? That's just another day at the office, right? It's the best office in the world. We know that. So, um, you know, that's kind of, that's one of those things that, like I said, I do struggle to put into words because it's natural. Mm-hmm. It's something I've been around and, and, um, I think you're right. I, I think hardships and setbacks and obstacles all, all happen for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. And you got to experience the other end of it though. That's the good thing. You know, that's what I'm, and I'm proud of you for right. that. So, well, before we wind her up, that. um, just a couple of things before we wind her up. Uh, number one, um, what would the Ryan of today, what would the socks of today, what advice would you give that, uh, that 18 year old kid that was uh, suiting it up back then? <laughs> I, I'd give him a little tough love first off, which maybe coach uh, Ian Duncan tried to do, but I tell a kid to stop the puck one or two more times. Um, but uh, no, from, from a, you know, advice standpoint, I, I probably wouldn't change a whole lot. You know, maybe that's a cliche answer, but I wouldn't. I, I think I, I had struggles and, and whatnot that I had to go to and or go through, and anybody does, but, um, you know, they shaped me, whether I want to admit it or not, but, I mean, they did. So um, I wouldn't change much. It's it's made sense. It's worked out, and uh, I guess that, that'd be my advice is kind of hang tight, maybe uh, – Maybe don't take things for granted as you're going through it here and there, but I wouldn't change a whole lot. Fair enough. And lastly, what would you like to say to Cherokee Nation as far as, you know, if there's anything you'd like to say to them at all? That's alumni, coaches, say, fans, the whole nine yards. Yeah, yeah. I I, I just, uh, you know, I commend you on, on creating a great uh, great family as, as an entire whole, you know, players, coaches, um fans family whatever um everybody plays a part and they said i know there's a lot of kids that come in at an age where um there's a lot of uncertainty and myself included you have to learn these things on your own but without uh without a great base from from everybody involved in cherokee you know learning those things is a lot more difficult so uh from that sense i say thanks and and keep it up right Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that well, Ryan, I, I appreciate you doing this, man. I it's been uh, it's been fun catching up with you. Uh, I hope we stay in touch. And uh, hey, uh, best of luck here as you uh, move forward here with everything you're doing. Perfect. All right. Hey, thank you very much for your time, Mick, and I appreciate. It. I'm glad to uh, glad you chose me to to come on. Well, thank you very much. Well, that's episode 88 of the Cherokee Rewind with Ryan Wysocki. Thanks so much to him for joining us don't forget you can subscribe uh, by uh, subscribing go to whatever platform you use to consume your mp3s and just click put in cherokee rewind and subscribe Uh, anyway uh, be sure to do that and every time a new episode drops it'll let you know so for ryan wysock i am mick saying thanks a lot and we'll catch you next time right here on the cherokee rewind